We're back with another episode of the Tales and Tunes podcast. This week, we've got another Denver local on deck and ready to lay down some tunes for your listening pleasure. Get ready for Greasy Monk, a.k.a. Ian King. But as always, let's start things proper with B-Tsunami's number one track pick of the week. This week's pick is a remix from the Cali-based Psy-Techno crossover trio, Terrachroma. The track is entitled Black Empire, originally produced by Fori, and the release can be found on my good friend's record label based out of Iowa, Equilibrium Recordings. Let's go!
Thanks for joining us, guys, for episode 21 of the Tales and Tunes podcast. My guest this week is a local Denver DJ and a longtime friend of mine. He's been DJing for nearly 10 years now and is the co-founder of the internet radio show Rocky Mountain Resonance, which is also a name that has evolved and organizes shows as well as campouts. A jack of many trades behind the decks when it comes to genres, please welcome Ian King to the podcast. Ian, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. We're a little overdue on this, I would say. <laughs> well, glad to be here. Yeah, heck yeah. How's uh, 2017 been for you so far? So far, so good. I'm a little busy on the work side of things, but uh, still good. A lot of, uh, I think, good things coming in the horizon and starting the, the foot off right. Heck yeah. Any uh, highlights or shows you played or been to? Um, so far, uh, one of the, one of my highlights was Crystallized a couple weekends yeah. ago, 1111 Productions. Um, she always puts on a pretty decent show and mm-hmm. really enjoy the music and the deco. It's always been good. Yeah. Um, they yeah. rented out a, a cluster. That was like yeah. the first side trance party at cluster. Yeah. Or? At least on that side. Um, cause that, that was on the, the warehouse part of cluster, not the real nice, uh, done up. So they rented out that, did the side trance thing. First time they've done side trance there and that kind of deco there. So it was really cool to see the place transformed. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a blast there. Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, any any upcoming gigs or shows or anything you're checking out soon that you're excited to see or you're playing? Oh, man, let's see. Um, for playing, I think the next um, big gig that I have on the horizon that I can just mention right off the top of my head is we're going to be um, doing a a gig for Rocky Mountain Resonance in, in the city um, down at Pearls on the first weekend of June and that's probably what we're going to be playing what I'm going to be playing at next um, I don't have anything really on the horizon until then so I'm just going to kind of lay low get ready for that mm-hmm. um, just looking forward to all the Szechuan psychedelic Szechuan that our friends are doing in the scene yeah Rising Phoenix put those on yep Rising yep. Phoenix works together with a few local crews like uh, Defy Labels Overmind Works um, 11, 11 productions, mm-hmm. they've done a, a Szechuan and they're just trying to keep that going and keep the, the psychedelic spectrum alive. So heck yeah. Uh, so this weekend, uh, one of the big shows that I'm excited about, it's his first time in America is, uh, Weba. Yeah. Uh, from Brazil. He's coming up. He's yeah, his first American tour and he's playing at Sushi High, which will be mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but it's going to be, yeah, it's Definitely. kind of a big deal. He's been one of my all-time favorites that I've been following for yeah like eight yeah, years now. Definitely a good sh- good uh, artist, one of my favorites. Should be a good show. Sushi High is an interesting place, but I don't know. It's a nice little intimate venue. Yeah, too. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We could use a little bit harder techno there, so that'd be freaking awesome. Heck yeah. Uh, well, as far as my life goes, uh, last month it's been it's been a while since it, but I definitely got to address it. I went to a BPM Festival for my oh, first yeah. time. In uh, Plato Carmen, Mexico. <clears throat> I apologize if I keep clearing my throat. This this uh, IPA we're drinking is <laughs> causing phlegm. So I'll finish it soon enough. So tickles the throat. <laughs> well, yeah, we went down for a good buddy of mine, uh, Adam Cross. It was his uh, bachelor party. Went down with a bunch of us. My best friend Jimmy, uh, who lives in Iowa, and then uh, Keith and Marco and uh nick uh all went down <clears throat> we got this amazing uh condo that was like a five minute walk from the ocean and nice. like on the path to the ocean there was like mayan ruins that you walk <laughs> oh, by man. and we had like a rooftop hot tub well actually it was more <laughs> a bathtub that you had to fill and it had hey. jets <laughs> hey. 
That, that counts as hot We tub could fit all six dudes in there. So, <laughs> so it, was, it was good enough. Yeah. You could fit more than like two people, that's a hot tub. Dude, <laughs> Uh, and then we like our place had an outdoor pool and a private cenote, which is like a cave you can swim in. It had like waterfalls, like nice, just right in our where we were staying. And uh, yeah, we had like a our two floor condo, and we had like a steam room in it. And nice. yeah, it, it was a baller pad. And then <clears throat> we did this the last five days of the festival. Got there, I think January eleventh, Wednesday is when I got there, and we were there for a week. And uh, had a five-day pass, so in five days we did 11 parties, I think. <laughs> uh, highlights or sets I saw, Pam Pot was amazing, uh, Chris Liebing was amazing twice, and both times I saw him, he was playing at 6 a.m., just oh, pounding techno. <laughs> yeah. Liebing's always gr- good. That friggin' green, uh, grin. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Uh, who else? Nicole Modaver, uh, Dennis mm-hmm. Freire was good. I, the best, my favorite set of the weekend was Pop Off. Pop off! Oh yeah, fucking killed it at the show he did. <laughs> Sick. Um, who else? Stacy Pullen was awesome. Uh, Hot Sense eighty two was really good. Um, he did a closing party, and he was actually um, so the last night Sunday when the, when the shooting happened. Right. We, were, we thank Christ weren't at that actual venue where the shooting happened. We were there three times before that, like right. twenty four hours prior to that. I was there, and that's when I saw Chris leaving. And, Nicole Modaver tag until seven in the morning. <laughs> so like we were, we were literally at that, but we were at uh, the Jungle, which was the craziest venue of the whole experience. It, mm-hmm. And I didn't expect it at all. I figured all the venues would be just like clubs, and like you know beach parties or whatever. But there was this venue called the Jungle, and it was about two miles outside of town. And uh, yeah, you had to take a cab there, and like you rolled up into this venue, and it was like this crazy lit path with these like mm-hmm. tunnel structures that you walk through and the music would just get louder and louder as you got <laughs> there and then you come into this opening like massive festival grounds wow and there's literally like i mean i don't know how many but it felt like ten thousand people <laughs> right like it was at least five thousand i can say that way, but it, it felt like that like it felt like a giant tent at bonnaroo or maybe like carl cox's tent at, right uh uh ultra nice and uh yeah there was two stages and um, that, that last night we, we were watching at the main stage, uh, uh, hot since 82 and he's just a half, he's like a half hour into his set, just beating the fuck out of the sound system. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like it just turned down and then off. And like, he looked absolutely like dumbfounded, like what the fuck's going on? And then some dude with a BPM shirt came running up to, and like to the crowd and like made the, the, um, motion, like cut the neck like yeah. it's cut off it's over done, right? I'm like what the fuck's going on are you serious like damn this is a 10 day festival and there's like three hours left and you're right now you're you're ending it <laughs> we're like what the hell's going on no yeah. fucking clue damn so we stood there for like 15 minutes everybody's just kind of standing around and then finally somebody came on the mic and was very uh very just bland about what they said they didn't really say anything they're just like there's been an incident and for everybody's safety, we just need people to leave. And we're like, incident? Really? What the hell? So, like, Jeez. so at, like, three, no, it's like, yeah, f- probably three in the morning, they just took all, all those thousands of people or just wow. party over and, like, sent to the streets. And it's, <laughs> oh, like, shit. two miles out of town. So right. People, you could, it was cool because people were, like, sharing rides. Like, yeah. oh, we have, we have room for two in here. Like, people were yeah. helping because there's That's a taxi cool. and the flow of people is out, outrageous. So we, uh... 
uh, so as we were going out, we still didn't know what happened. And then, like, as we got outside, that's when people were getting, like, contacted on their phone and what happened and that there was a shooting oh, wow. at the Blue Parrot. And that one was, like, one of the closest venues to our uh, where we were staying, too. Mm-hmm. It was, like, easy walk. So, uh, and so as far as I know, and, I like, from what I – we were there days after it happened. And, and, I mean, I've read a lot of the articles and heard a lot of – first-hand accounts and I knew a couple people there and stuff but from my understanding is that one of the there was a cartel member who came in Mm -hmm. and usually sold cocaine at that like venue and or it was his turf right and so he came in that night and the bouncers who were the I think the two guys that that were bouncing were from Canada they were like or working I think they're getting paid but they're sure. working for the festival from out of the country sure sure and they came up and he was like let me in and he was like <clears throat> uh, you we can't let you in without a wristband like you have to pay to get in and he's right. like no this is my turf I do this and that and they're like I understand that but mm-hmm. it's my job to make sure that everybody that comes in pays and so he didn't like that, and that's when he opened fire and wow. killed the two bounce. I think three bouncers actually got killed. Oh and I think they drew their weapons too when it happened, but I don't yeah. think shots were fired. But yeah, I think one person got killed by a stray, and then unfortunately there there was also another girl who supposedly got trampled, or I supposedly did get trampled to death. Mm-hmm. From what I, from my also understanding though, is that uh, she. She was already passed out, which we can hope, you know, like, she, right. I mean, she was already like unconscious just from being drunk from what I know. And then in the scuffle is when she was already on the oh, ground shit. or whatever. But so, yeah, it was, that was a total mind fuck being down there. Like, we we're like, thank God that we made the right decision to not yeah. be there. Like we could have been there. Like, yeah, no the, joke. the PTSD that could come from that and like. Never being able to yeah. go out to a show again. Scars we were for just, life. Yeah. Just, so, and it was just like, Playa del Carmen was like, I honestly, it, it really sucks because I haven't been to a, I mean, I've been to like, not out of the country too much. I've been to Canada several times and Japan mm-hmm. and Mexico for my first time. <clears throat> and like, out of all those places I've been, like Playa was like a place that like a piece of me was left there. Like I love that city like i i love the culture the people the food like the beach everything about it was just it was fucking (laughs) awesome and like i couldn't wait to tell everybody like to come here like this is like the ultimate place for an event like this and then that happens and it puts the stain on it oh yeah and scares people away and they're not going to be doing like events there for a while for sure definitely not under bpm name but i know a lot of the couple of the venues even closed and wow so it's is is a sad ripple, and you know, just mm-hmm. one other thing that our culture and our way of life just doesn't need, and it just totally. that spotlight on it because it's already uh, uh, got the kind of bad rap for stupid other things, and then you get like a shooting. Yeah, like this, it just and I I never it. and maybe I'm just being you know. Uh, taking it for granted or whatever, but I never feared for my life like once, one time that I was down there. And right. it's just crazy that it could just as easily have not been the case. Right. And, 180 real quick. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Jeez. But that was, but yeah, it was still, yeah, one of the best festival experiences I've ever had. And we, we had just an absolute ball. The, last, the final days were like, I had, we had three days like after the festival and we would just go down to the beach and friggin' 
sleep for like four <laughs> hours, like napping on the beach, not giving a fuck, like, <laughs> doing whatever. So that was awesome. And then on the last day, yeah, I got to swim with dolphins for the first time. <laughs> Had to do a little something. Not like a bad that. way to wrap so, it up. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. So that yeah, that was super a super fucking badass time. Um, but speaking of festivals too, uh, there's a major one that um, I can't stop talking about and uh it's uh it's there's a festival called symbiosis that happens every year in california yep and uh they it's known to be like the the spring break for burning man or <laughs> burning man on spring break yeah right and so this year that it's like completely jumped like to a whole nother level they're doing uh an eclipse party in oregon which uh what are the dates on this I believe it's uh, August like fourteenth, something like that. I don't have it right off the top of my head. Yeah, August seventeenth to the twenty third. So it's go. a seven day festival, and they're doing it at this campground in Oregon, which Oregon is Oregon supposed to be the best place on planet Earth to view it. I think so. That's right in the in the um, eclipse path, and especially for the uh, United States, it's like right perfect for it. Sweet. Yeah. So they're yeah they're like. Symbiosis is doing some serious steroids. They're bringing in like, I mean, more than six crews. I was looking on here actually. Yeah, they're doing a collaboration with like seven, ten crews, something like that from across yeah. the globe. Major, major festival throwing crews like Sonic Bloom, Symbiosis. Yeah. Base Coast, Fe- yeah, just Rainbow ton. Serpent in yeah. Australia. That's gonna be sick. Man. So yeah, it's this giant collaboration, and they're bringing everybody together on this this lake, fucking campground. And they're, they're going to have hot air balloons that you can go up in and, and, uh, and like with what they do, they don't do art cars at, uh, symbiosis or these, mm-hmm. they do art boats. So it's like floating dance floors. And well, I saw one year pictures from one year, somebody had a, De- a floating DeLorean. Oh, it yeah. could go like 30 or 40 miles an hour. I mean, six driving around on the, on the lake. So it's going to be awesome. But, uh, as far as. Lineup goes. Let's do the sky stage first. This is gonna be one of the biggest yeah. lineups in fucking history. And each stage has its own kind of like style of music, but it mm-hmm. the, each is it's like the best of the best. All all like psychedelic in 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 nature oh, for totally. the most part. But the sky stage, which is primarily like the house and techno stage, they got Anne Me, Ardalan, Damian Lazarus, the whole Desert Hearts crew, Doc Martin. Like, yeah. Uh, Eaton Reiter. How do you say that? I think it's Eaton Reiter. Eaton Reiter, yeah. J Flip and Justin Martin. Max Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Beast Fencing. Savota. Sebastian Mallard. Mallard, yeah. yeah. Uh, Half a Minilogue. Secret Cinema. Terrachroma. Yeah. (laughs) And Yuli for Shatat. That's uh, Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Actual name. Yeah, this is Una, like Una Dahl, and she's from. She's originally from Denver. She lives right. in uh, Germany now. Oh, I didn't realize she was Germany. I thought she just moved yeah. like east or something. Oh, she's that far she's, east. Yeah, <laughs> deep in deep in deep out there. And then we'll look at one more stage here: the Sun stage, which is like the Psytrance stage, but also that Psytrance influence. Yeah, it's like it's all psy- yeah, Psytech, Psytech, that was kind of shit. A twelve. 12- 100 micrograms, which is Raja Ram in Chicago, which yeah. I haven't even seen them on any lineup like ever. Yeah, I think they're coming out of like hiding for that yeah. particular set. Yeah. I mean, Raja Ram still does the Spongle thing here and there, but I mean, you don't you don't see 1200 mics yeah, on, the, on the lineup. Yeah. 
Ace Ventura antics. That's like huge for me. Captain yeah. Hook. Aja. That'll be sweet. Aja, yeah. The cool thing about this stage too is that we actually have two Colorado locals um, on the on the headliner. Um, Ascension. Yep. Um, Kevin uh, from Chaluminati and then Avery Runner who is part of Native Circuit. It's yeah. cool to see them on this line. Yeah. I remember when it came up like I saw Ascension, and I was like, oh, there must be somebody else named Ascension. And then I saw Avery Runner, I'm like, nope, nope. that's them. That's oh our boys. That's our boys. <laughs> it's a hell of a lineup to hell be Hell yeah. But that's uh, Grouch. He's like all time. He's, he might be my number one producer. Or he has held that. Definitely. Held that position many a time. Definitely. Uh, Nanoplex, Mubali. I haven't seen Mubali in a while. would be good. Merkaba, Ocelot. Oh, hallucinogen. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Perfect Stranger and Perfect Ace. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Perfect Ace. That's Perfect Stranger and Ace Ventura. That'd be sweet. Trevor Moon Tribe. Hell yeah. Old school. And then, yeah, Goa Gill and (laughs) Irene doing a 24-hour fucking thing. (laughs) Oh, man. This is going to be epic. It's going to be epic. So we can't recommend it enough. It's it's less than $400 right now. It'll probably go above that, but... For for seven days, and it's like we said, everything you would want out of Burning Man without the yeah. the survival shit. You get <laughs> massive, massive music, massive, massive just production. Like nothing. Yeah, there hasn't it's, been a party in America like this. No, this like, is unprecedented. This is this is next level. So it's gonna be exciting. We highly recommend it. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, enough with the chit chat. Let's get back to. Uh, yeah, let's just learn about you and where you come from and what's shaped you into the person you are. All right. The music you play and little, all that shit. A little history <laughs> lesson here. Yeah, here yeah. <laughs> so we're, are, I, I was trying to remember, are you native to Colorado? Yeah, I was born and I raised. So. Uh, born and raised. Right on. And where did you grow up then? Uh, on the south side of town, um, like in the Centennial Lone Tree area. It's basically south Denver. Um, but it's only like 10 minutes, 15 minutes south of the, of the main city. Cool. Yeah. And did you have uh, siblings growing up? Yep, I have um, an older and a younger sister. Um, my older sister is actually like 14 years older than me. Um, she's got like a, a kid and she's grown up. So it's crazy to have that kind of big gap in our life. Yeah. Especially because my younger sister is only three years younger than me. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Does she still live here then? Yep, both sisters still live here. Um, and actually my younger sister just recently had a baby too. So, <laughs> so everybody's got up. kids now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh from experience, as far as I can tell right now, and especially where we are in our lives, it's yeah. way better to be an uncle than a father. That's um, how I'm feeling. They love, they love the uncle. I don't, there's no way that I can <laughs> commit to that kind of thing, and it's nice to just yeah be yeah. the uncle, show up when I, when I can, and yeah. have fun. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so, growing up, what kind of stuff were you into? So hobbies or... Did you play magic or <laughs> yeah. sports? Oh, I did a little bit of everything. Um, as a young kid, I did a lot of like baseball and soccer, and that was cool. I kind of kept with it. I, I moved away from the organized pieces of it and just kind of did it in my hobbies. Um, once I got into like high, well, I guess in um, elementary school, I did start playing some instruments. Um, I did a saxophone for a little bit, um, and then I started playing started learning a little bit from the trumpet from my buddies who were playing um kind of followed that into high school didn't really do the organized as much mm-hmm. i did do marching band but i did more of the like color guard and drumline. oh um some of the pep band i learned to play tuba little things like that but i also played like yeah magic the gathering and all the little weird pokemon shit like i don't know did just... you scouts 
A little bit. Uh, no, uh-huh. I didn't. But I, my friends did, and I would always kind of go learn after they went to scouts. So <laughs> I was, I was kind of like the the moocher in a way, <laughs> just in terms of knowledge, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> teach me your shit. I don't want to do it, but teach yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, yeah, when in high school, what kind of music did you get into, or what was kind of? Oh, well, actually, let me take that back a second. What was the first music you were kind of introduced to? Like, what did your family listen to or what you like growing oh, up? Oh, man. Um, my dad loves reggae. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, like, some of my really early influences and just uh, what I really liked as well. I mean, he also liked um, weird old country music and stuff like that. So that didn't quite stick with me as much as reggae did. Uh, my mom really liked, um, like, oldies and um, big band type stuff. Um, so I have a lot of weird background in that. And then once I started like finding my own stuff, I had my cousin who would give me, um, recommendations like weird nineties grunge and alternative, like things like bare naked ladies. And I just remember actually one of the first albums that I bought on my own because it was just weird. Um, and I liked kind of the strange sounds. I wasn't really into the pop music. Um, was Chumbawamba. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that first album just kind of cracked me up. <laughs> but um, just weird shit like that. And then I kind of got into, uh, like, I don't know, a little bit of everything. Third Eye Blind. Um, I was listening to some metal, like Godsmack. My buddies were really into that kind of stuff. So I've always, always had an eclectic taste of things. Mm-hmm. Um, never really settled too deep into one thing until, you know, I started doing electronic. But Right on. So what would you say in high school was your primary, like, your go-to's music or or was it pretty spread out um in high school it was probably mostly like punk um i was really into like green day um i was getting into like old black flag and stuff like that really seeing what the the spectrum was um also ska um streetlight manifesto um real big fish some you know classic stuff so so okay what did you do after high school then after high school yeah um, I went to college for a little bit. I went to the University of Denver. Um, I, throughout high school, even starting real early in high school, um, I always had a full-time, well, not a full-time job, but I always worked a lot. Um, so I didn't really get a chance to do a lot of, like, social stuff or all this weird stuff. I just was always ingrained to have a, a job and a work ethic. Mm-hmm. But um, once I got into college, still kept a job, but I started um, just partying more, going out, meeting people, doing things like that. And um, this is actually after I, I didn't really finish college, but it was after I left college that I really started allowing myself to have hobbies and really exploring them. Mm. Um, but in college it was kind of just, you know, whatever came my way, going with the flow, whatever fit into my schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you discover electronic music along this time then? Um, well, I guess I've kind of always been into it like early daft punk yeah um, in the 90s totally it's always just kind of been there house music even thing people like carl cox um but um in terms of finding and really getting into electronic music it wasn't until about 2007 2008 um at that point in time i had left college and i started hanging out with friends and their influences and that's really when i started going to more underground parties and getting involved in the scene and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um, so it's, it's kind of always been in the background and it didn't really hit the forefront until about then. Right on. Uh, what stuff did you, okay. Yeah. I mean, you kind of just said, but what kind mm-hmm. of stuff were you listening to in the beginning? Um, yeah, a little bit of that, um, that house music vibe, a little bit of the techno. Um, when I was finding my own style, I was really getting into the trance. Um, so Paul Oakenfold, Marcus Schultz, um, Armin Van Buren, State of Trance was some of my very first, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> incredibly <Garbage>. influential <laughs> shit, so, 
Um, loved it, loved it. And that's really what inspired me to just like keep going. So Right on. Uh, so what was your first party and how did you find out about it or who took you? Well, let's see. First party, eh, first like official rave or something yeah, like that was yeah. like uh, caffeine. I think it was 2007. It might have been 2008 at this point. I don't know. It's kind of a blur. And I'd gone to other little things here and there, but that was like full on first party that I've ever been to. Where was it at? Um, caffeine. That was actually at um, the Denver Merchandise Mart up on I-70 and like mm-hmm. 56, something like that. That was a crazy, weird party. How many like, people? Man, I think there was like 5,000 or something <laughs> like that. It was, yeah, it was it was crazy to see that that level of rave. Uh-huh. But... Um, my, I still have uh, my first official, like, underground-style party that really, like, broke the walls down uh, for me was um, in 2008, the early summer, uh, was the Sounds of Moon Tribe party that uh, one of my now buddies threw um, up in the mountains. So it was renegade-style, um, real low-key, not a lot of people. But it was funny because I was uh, I found out about that show when I went to Beta to see Paul Oakenfold uh, earlier that year or sometime. And we'd come out from Beta after, you know, a night of partying. And I've got all these fucking flyers on my car. And I'm fucking throwing them out or whatever. There's one flyer. <laughs> stood out. That's all Sounds of Moon Tribe. And it's all Full Moon Party. And up in the mountains, I was like, this isn't the normal rave. Yeah. Like, this isn't what I see. And I'm like, oh, this is curious. I'm going to check it out. And at the same time, I was just kind of getting into Psytrance. And uh, my buddy had um, introduced me to Spongle um, and some of that version of psychedelic music, Hallucinogen. So I wasn't really super familiar with Psytrance as I was about to get myself into, but mm-hmm. I heard the genre and stuff. So go out to this party um, up in the mountains, and I just have no idea what to expect. I didn't. I'm the type of person to not research a whole lot about something um, just so that I can show up and see what it's about. Yeah. So yeah. I don't give myself preconceptions. No expectations. Yeah. Totally. And it blew my fucking mind. Totally blew my mind. Wasn't where was it at? Other and that was that was a Mother Earth sound system full moon party, right? Um, no, no, it wasn't. Um, no, I started going to Mother Earth shortly after that because I was like full moon party, woo, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, but um, at the time, that one, uh, the Sounds of Moon Tribe party was actually hosted by Paradigm Audio, which is uh, Alex Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Um, he now does the Phase Two under the same or same stuff under the different moniker. Oh, okay. But um, he that was, was throwing, party, yeah. Okay. yeah, he was throwing those parties at the time and. He did three parties that summer, actually, and that just totally reset my So was it, uh, I mean, he had the Moon Tribe people from Yeah, he brought Trevor out, and I'm pretty sure uh, Brad was there as well. Um, And I'll have to find find the flyer, but but they brought some really good Psytrance out. And it was a Psytrance party then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. So that was your first, like, camping event was a Psytrance? First camping, first Psytrance, first full moon. It just kind of all hit me all at once. Yeah, my first camping event was a Psytrance. It was the first Sacred, or second Sacred Earth. Nice. And, like, I mean, even after I left there, I was so young. It was 2000. Six, I think. I, <laughs> yeah. I I still didn't even know the difference between what was what. Like, oh, yeah, totally. I just I was like, this is the greatest shit ever. Yeah. And just I was like, this is powerful and holy partying shit. Partying all night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. Totally yeah, that, yeah. So. Just like, I never fucking looked back. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to it's it's funny now because we're um it's it's kind of coming full circle where now we're putting our own yeah. shows on working with Alex, the guy yeah. who we first went to and it's crazy to see this shit come around, you know. Yeah, it's wild, <laughs> man. Uh so what made you want to become a DJ then? Um I love the music. I love the energy. I've always kind of been a performer. Um like I said, I used to play instruments and I just kind of have a knack for it. 
and I like getting up there and, you know, making people, I like how I feel when I hear something incredible. And I can only imagine at the time, I was like, oh, I can only imagine what it's like to, to play the music. Yeah. So I just <laughs> kept going for it. And, you know, I was playing the, the instrument saxophone and stuff. I just didn't have the focus for it. Um, and at a young age, I didn't really have the coordination. Um, but growing through it, I was like, well, that's cool and all, but there's so much more out there. And that's why electronic yeah. turned me on and why I wanted to DJ. I was like, well, what the fuck can I do with this? So, yeah. Was it at the full moon party that you like, were like, I want to do that? Or? Yeah. And then me and my, um, me and my buddies had been kind of fucking around with some stuff prior. We're like, oh yeah, trance music. And we had a um, bunch of friends who were really into electro and stuff like that. So we would go to their house and we'd all like play on the decks and fucking drink and whatever, you know? So um, it was all fun and games, and then once I, I heard that music that just really inspired me, I was like, no, this is, I need, I need to keep doing this. Yeah. <clears throat> so what was your first setup, and how did uh, you go about getting it? Um, well, luckily... And so, and what ti- at what time, at what point in the electronic music timeline is this? What is the, what are people primarily using? Right, so um, this, um, we got into it um, right in the 2007, 2008. It all came within that like year or yeah. two that we all did that shit. Um, so luckily we did have the internet at our disposal, and so we just ordered up um, this um, a DJ controller because it was reasonably priced. We couldn't really afford a whole you know setup, which is industry standard with CDJs and a mixer. Yeah. Um, and we I had, had a little bit of vinyl experience or what have you, just like I said, not enough to to really like practice DJing and stuff. So so we bought this little um, M Audio brand exponent controller um, and had in the program that it was used called Torque and we just sat in our house and practiced all the time. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) Uh, So what, when you started, I guess you said you were playing like trance and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then so after you started going to side trance, did it pretty much change yep totally um so when i first um was that sounds of moon tribe party i was uh, introduced to uh, trevor moon tribe and started getting into oh well what is moon tribe and all those sounds and that really like opened up what kinds of side trance there were that really also opened the door for me for um the lower psychedelic realms like um psychedelic techno yeah and that's really right about then was also the same time that i started that's the kind of stuff like trevor plays Totally. Yeah. I mean, he originated with um, more of the side trance, but it's definitely over the over time into that, yeah. to a lower BPM and mm-hmm. psychedelic techno progressive house combination just blew mm-hmm. my mind. Some of his sets just, I don't know, they were just unique as hell, and it really inspired me. How did you get involved in the scene then? I mean, when did what you? about? Yeah. Um, let's see. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure. So we just kept going to those parties, and we started getting introduced to people, um, and uh, one of the first. Um, I got introduced through um, Liz, um, Liz Eleven, who um, asked me to play my first party. Started going to her stuff. She's was doing, I think, a little bit of Mountain Vision stuff at the time, and eventually her um, and um, Lawrence at the time made uh, Sculpted Sound, and I started going to their parties and whatnot. And um, actually, they were one of the first people to book me as a DJ as well. So right on. Yeah. So what was the first gig? First gig I ever played officially um, was um, the she was the, they were doing a party at Lumonics, uh, the art gallery up in North Denver, um, the monthly party called Ion, and so mm-hmm. she booked me for one of those and really liked what I did and just kind of kept me on and she actually asked me to be part of her sculpted sound group and that kind of just took off from there. Got introduced further to Alex, you know, spend more time I had met yeah. him prior, but um, really expended more time with him at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, cool. So then, yeah, you just that's how you started playing more gigs. Uh, was through through those connections and yep. stuff. And they introduced me to more people and started to go to more parties and whatnot. So, just kind of been a steady uphill from there. Cool. And were that during that time were you uh, going to other shows at like Beta and? Yeah, here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started really liking the underground vibe and the not like club scene and stuff. But you know, there's still always some yeah. artists that they bring that I'm like, oh, I'm totally into. Sultan and Ned Shepard. Uh, UMEC, bunch of artists like that that I've seen at Beta. Yeah, and yeah. We'll still probably go to every so often, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so what brought you back into uh, your your passion for, or I mean, because like we were saying in the beginning, and I'm the same way. It was like trance, mm-hmm. and then I got found Psytrance, and then I found like techno, techno. Or right. Like, what what when did that happen? Um, definitely um, after. After getting into side trance and then going to other parties where there was like other stages, mm-hmm. um, and just yeah, just going in with no expectations and seeing what people had to offer, and you know, not just going for one thing, but to see what the fuck's going on. So yeah, it was um, right after it was in the 2010 range when I started playing techno, and I would go to more shows, find artists, and people would introduce me to artists, and that's really just what drove me to be like, oh, I'm. I'm kind of a progressive DJ, mm-hmm. um, but I play techno, I play house, I play downtempo, I play dub, but I still call my style progressive, and that, I think, is what um, really drove me to stay passionate about it, is yeah. that you can have so many styles, but still kind of have a certain vibe, Absolutely. and I wanted to deep, dig deeper, so. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, <clears throat> and we're, we're one of those rare breeds that do have that, literally, that crossover, like, yeah. I mean, I'm rooted in side trance and like, mm-hmm. but our heart also beats for, for techno and house and totally, I mean, not that a lot of people don't, but the people who actually represent that in their music or mm-hmm. seek out music that is like maybe a techno person who makes Psy or vice versa, Psy right. who makes techno. And that's like, there's not a lot of it out there, but yeah. when you find the stuff that is just like, it's like, if I was producing, this is what I would make. Totally. That, and it, that crossover is rare, but it's so good when you when, find when it. they when they hit it like yeah like people like Grouch or, exactly. or Perfect Stranger it's mm-hmm. just like I, I love playing that like playing that kind of stuff at gigs because like it doesn't matter who's in the crowd like and some people be like what the fuck am I even hearing this is, oh totally this is sick as shit but what the hell is this yeah like <laughs> I love like yeah just exposing people to you know those sounds and those ideas yeah bring really it represents who i am you know and, totally and where i've come from and so yeah i, I fucking love it <laughs> yep i'm right there with you man for sure all right so next that yeah i want to talk about uh rocky mountain resonance uh, uh you're one of the co-founders of this uh so mm-hmm. yeah what, what is rocky mountain resonance um, so me and my buddy, um, Chris Cordero, um, he goes by, um, DJ Delta nine, um, at least here in the Colorado zone. Um, we just, not the hardcore. Delta yeah. I was going to say it's a different Delta nine. <laughs> and it's, you know, different symbols and shit. So, it, you know, we can split hairs or whatever, but, uh, but anyway, me and him, we're, we go back a long ways. He's one of my best friends since we were both like five years old. We've known each other forever. Um, and we just, yeah, we just kept doing all this shit together and we're like, you know what, let's, let's do our own shit. We weren't finding a lot of people who were doing that crossover, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you said, people are kind of sectionalized with their sound and that's 
grown to be that way, especially in Denver, uh, with having it be so saturated. Yeah. People can really focus so on much, what man. they like, and that's cool, but, yeah. you know, I'm all about the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and me and him are like that. So that's why we decided to kind of start Rocky Mountain Resonance um, and do uh, production and events and trying to just kind of... We're not going too fast, too hard. Uh, we want to kind of see what the scene needs, what what's missing, and kind of fill gaps, especially musically. Um, so we decided to do that, um, and that was started actually would be three years ago. I'm pretty sure um, 2013 is when we formed that, um, and we started uh, started off with a podcast called Tech Nectar, and we wanted to focus on the psychedelic piece of of music without being um, um, sectionalized into a certain genre. Yeah. So we have psytrance and we have down tempo and techno and dubstep and breaks and drum and bass and we just try and focus on the psychedelic version of mm-hmm. that. Um, so we've been doing tech nectar for almost the same amount of time um, and we've been doing little parties here and there. We did a party at the Treehouse that was more techno oriented um, and we're starting to build um, a festival, a yearly festival called Impulse mm-hmm. um, which we did last year and it was fantastic. It was beautiful. I loved it and it was a lot of work, but I would totally and will be doing it again. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this year it's a little bit tough um, for us to make that happen venue-wise and timing-wise. Um, venue is always the hardest part about, I think, throwing a show. Um, so we're going to take a year off and really bring it back heavy next year and make it awesome. But um, we're still going to focus on um, doing our little things here and there. And plus, we like helping other people. So we're offering that as part of Rocky Mountain Residence Services is, mm-hmm. do you need staffing? And at some point, we're probably going to get gear to rent out yeah. and to just kind of help the scene like however it needs yeah. to be. So Yeah, it'd be awesome to uh, broadcast together if that's possible. Definitely. And that's... Like- Something we're so going to do guys, is hopefully expand our broadcast so we can include more, maybe have video, you yeah. know, things like that. So. It would be cool if we could do that, what they did at uh, Full Moon two years ago. When yeah. They had the radio. Pirate radio. Oh, my yeah. God. It was badass. We are like, driving up to the venue, and, like, we turned the radio station. You could hear the stage, and, like, you could see <laughs> the lights, like, in the trees and stuff <laughs> yeah. as we are getting closer and, like, being able to listen. Or, or in your car. Right. Oh, that was another thing. Yeah, we were just in the cabin. And the the radio station was connected to uh, the the second stage. Oh, so we were right. in there and we we're like we we're like we could be listening to the fuck. He had a radio. Like, <laughs> yeah. We could be listening to the stage this whole time. Totally. Like we could be. <laughs> like, I can go take we a have nap. The stage in our room. Music. Like yeah. this is fucking awesome. Definitely sweet. <laughs> I know. We and that's what I've always loved too, and especially being kind of a technically oriented person. I've always wanted to like see what I can do to yeah broadcast, get more into that mm-hmm. type of stuff. So. It'll be, we got a lot on the horizon. It'll yeah. Be How, how's it grown since you started? I mean, like equipment wise and mm-hmm. like what, like how you go about doing your, your broadcast. And... Yeah. I mean, we started just, um, we eventually, um, we started off, uh, getting, um, this Denon DJ controller, which acts as an outboard mixer. Um, so we just kind of, were trying to use it to its full potential. And so we do all this extra shit. Um, and we started off with just that. And then we eventually looked into, uh, okay, well, how do we do this right? You know, we like to do things right, um, not just to, to do things. So we started building our collection of, uh, of gear. Uh, we got CDJs. We got a Pioneer Mixer. Um, our studio for Rocky Mountain Residence, we have a full um, outboard mixer on that as well. Um, new, other than that, we've got microphones. We've got a whole, um, you know, setup that's basically short of being a, a real studio. We're getting there, but we, we want to, at some point, build a full studio, so... <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man. Well, let's... Yeah, let's talk about Impulse a little bit, like... Because, I mean, that was your first festival you've ever thrown, yeah. so, like, well... 
Yeah, just tell us about that a bit. Oh, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. I learned a lot, and we worked um, uh, with Alex Brooks, um, who does Phase 2 audio and, and production. We worked with him a lot. Um, and actually, um, it's cool because between us, Rocky Mountain Resonance, him, Phase 2, a couple other groups, like, like I said earlier, Defy Labels, 1111 uh, Productions, Native Circuit, we've all kind of come together to form this um, collective um, called Rising Phoenix mm-hmm. um, that we all really just try and support each other, whether it be helping at the door or helping promote or staffing or even hell, just doing yeah. a collaborative event. Um, so for Impulse, um, we that was kind of like the inaugural um, event kickoff, yeah. or kickoff for that um, kind of thing. So we all came together, kind Take of, off of the resources. Feet. Yeah, it shall rise. <laughs> and uh, we, we just, uh, we pulled a little micro festival out of our ass. You know, we were just, we wanted to do something small, but um, we had this piece of land um, that just was beautiful and perfect. And we had all these resources just that kind of fell into our laps. Yeah. Um, Alex's wife, Asha, owns Just Dream, um, a vending company that sells psychedelic clothing and stuff. And she's expanding her business to help coordinate other stuff. So she helped us do the vending village and all yeah. the performers. We had uh, fire performers, ho- uh, hoop performers, um, dancers, belly dancers, and stuff like that. So Impulse was awesome. It wasn't just yeah. like a, a rave or a party. We actually had a stage yeah. and we had vendors and we had you know people performing stuff. And yeah. It was so cool. It was one of the... You know, and I, it went off way better than I expected for being a first time, you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, that, yeah, you had like over 200 there, didn't you? Oh, yeah, we pushed yeah. 250 people, and nice. which is perfect because the land was capped at 300. Yep. So, it just it worked out really nicely. Uh, everybody's given me really good feedback, so they had a good time. Yeah. Hopefully, we do it again. So, yeah, overall, and the flow awesome. of it was really awesome, too. I mean, because, yeah, it was all, it was all like, like just like the, the, uh, tech nectar was all you know music that was psychedelic in nature but not pinned to one genre totally and the flow was directed accordingly and perfectly mm-hmm. uh, throughout the whole weekend and you guys would do at night you would have like the open bar right like the late night it was kind of like the after party sort of thing yeah but like so that was kind of our thing. We know that, um, especially for some reason in Colorado, just people get tired after 2 a.m. So we're like, how can we reinvigorate the late night without having to like take away focus from it? Mm-hmm. Um, so we um, so we crafted the lineup to um, yeah to take a spectrum what we like to do anyway, but we tried to make it so that there was uh, we what we did was called the late night lounge, mm-hmm. and we had the Tech Nectar Bar, and we just decided that okay, instead of just being a party all night where you're dancing, like let's change the Let's change the environment. Yeah. So we changed the lighting. We had most of our performances um, at that point in time during the late night hours to kind of mm-hmm. draw people out and say, oh, well, I don't want to go to bed yet. I want to see what's going on out yeah. there. So we offered drinks. We offered performances. We actually set up the dance floor with like lounge tables and stuff like that. And, and fire pit. Fire pit. <laughs> good old fire pit. It was awesome. Uh, we had some burn barrels and deco was off the chain. Um, and yeah, just really kind of refocused it. And it was cool because we were able to have a lower BPM and, and lower type music late at night while still keeping the party raging. And it was it was a fun experiment that worked out really well. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bummer we can't do it this year, but, yeah. you know, maybe some of that uh, energy can be redirected and make together something a little bit better. Heck yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the next one. I, I like the the pulse of the whole event and just how the flow and yeah, Definitely. it's, it's 
totally unique and that's just right up the vein of like some you know the way my mind works when i I put stuff together part of what we uh, together exactly and part of what we wanted to do with impulse part of the goal was to um incorporate and include a lot of these uh, a lot of different groups and stuff yeah so we and that's um, the other thing bringing all those people together that don't know each other and for god's sake they should right exactly (laughs) and that's you know i love all of these guys music like mother Earth sound system and womp truck and um, Rhythm Sanctuary and, and, you know, Pink Mammoth. And so we tried to literally just spread out as much talent as we could and bring mm-hmm. in all these groups just because you never see them together. They all have good music. Yeah. And why not? So, yeah, so awesome, we totally man. went for it. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, let, well, yeah, let's touch a little bit more on Rising Phoenix, too. So I mean, sure. we kind of got the idea of, like, it's this collaborative, all all psychedelic in uh, mm-hmm. influence. But so... Impulse being the kind of the inauguration. What was, what uh, other events have, have gone on? I guess we've talked about the psychedelic Szechuan. Sh- yeah. Um, so Rising Phoenix has had mm-hmm. a lot of um, influence in um, like Eleven Eleven Productions with Crystallize. Even last year um, is kind of what the testing waters was to say, okay, this is um, let's do let's see how this goes. Um, but it wasn't really until Impulse that we really was like, okay, Rising Phoenix is happening. Yeah. Here's the logo. Here's our name, and we're gonna do this. Um, so we've been, um, kind of, it still happens, it still is, um, happening on uh, like other people's events where it's a rising Phoenix collective, even though it is specifically hosted by a different company. Yeah. Um, so there's been a few things like, um, defy labels, Tara, um, Tara Zutno, she's, um, done a few, uh, little things here and there. Like, um, what was it? Uh, she's done two silent discos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really cool because the silent discos uh, were actually three stages in a way. It was a cool setup because it was all kind of in one room. And the silent disco had um, three DJs at the same time. Um, and we had many DJs throughout the night. But uh, the headphones that you tuned into actually had three channels. Mm-hmm. And so she would do um, like techno on this stage and electro on this stage and trance on this stage or something like that. Um, so kind of Rising Phoenix is um, putting it out there to you know push the boundaries on what to expect at a show. Um, so that's also why they're doing, um, we together, while we're doing um, Psychedelic Szechuan pretty consistently to really focus, on, again, mm-hmm. on the spectrum of psychedelic music. Um, they've also helped with, um, what was it, the Liminal Vibe Party, also done by um, um, Defy Labels. Uh, that was a cool little one up at Valley Soul Sanctuary. Um, like, uh, just a little, uh, side trance party, but it was overnight and it was definitely a different vibe than what you'd be used to for like mm-hmm. an overnight party. Um, so there's a lot of really cool things happening in the psychedelic world, um, that rising Phoenix is wanting to push just the same as rise, you know, Rocky mountain resonance and stuff. Yeah. So, um, coming up next is uh, on March 25th, 25th is the next psychedelic session with Zentrix. Oh, I'm playing that one. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, man. And uh, rumor has it that uh, the first two hours, they're going to do uh, open bar. Oh, excellent. So, that is a rumor. Heck, yeah. Well, that's um, what they did, uh, what was it, uh, December um, last year? There was um, They did a, the happy hour where if you come early, there's um, a complimentary bar tab. Yeah, yeah. To just kind of, yeah, you know, give back to the community, get people out, experience yeah. something you might not know or have heard of otherwise so um there's another szechuan six in april that uh tara's working on with that again and that's gonna be at uh what's the name smoke sign is i think is coming out no that's for her other party uh random psytrance yeah yeah. that one oh nice yeah i think i saw that 
Um, and then we're working together with Phase 2 specifically, Rocky Mountain Residence and Phase 2 on early June. We're going to be hosting our own Szechuan in lieu of doing an impulse. So keep, yeah, uh, keep your eyes good. and ears open for that. We have a lot that'd of good, good stuff planned for that. When's a Fruit Escape? Ah, Fruit Escape Party. Um, our little family camp out happens uh, second weekend of May this year. Okay. Hey, mark my calendar out. Yeah, put it on there. Yeah. <laughs> a little low-key gathering in the desert. I love it. Oh, it's good every year. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my vibe right there. <laughs> you're only in if, if you're in, so yeah. sorry, folks. <laughs> yep. uh, right on. Well, let's uh, get, got a little bit more here to cover before we wrap this up and get you on the uh, decks here. Sounds good. We come to the best and worst section uh, where you tell us, uh, various topics what what's one's the best and worst that you've experienced so uh, we'll start off with uh, what's the best and worst gig you've ever played <laughs> um, let's see one of the I've had a lot of really good gigs uh, one of the best gigs I've played though I would say is um, probably one of the last uh, psychedelic Szechuan's I'm pretty sure it was number three uh, that I was a part of in November just because um, it was actually one of the best, most energetic energetic dance floors I've ever had. People mm. were just rocking and grooving and just really having a good time. Um, also, what, what were you playing? I was playing side trance for that one. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of really good feedback on that too. Um, I guess I'm going to say a couple of my favorite gigs. Um, also, had a last two times I played at Milk Bar, most recently this January for my birthday on the 27th. And then the first time I played at Milk Bar... Yeah, it was a good set, dude. I was rocking out. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, I love that. And I've been playing kind of the progressive heavy techno for those, um, for both Milk Bar sets. And both times I had really excellent dance floors, really good vibes, and been, been really fun. Uh, worst gig? Uh... I would say that it was this gig in 2013 in Iowa. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me, me and a couple buddies went out for that one, and it was just a clusterfuck. Um, <laughs> and a couple of them ended up getting arrested for stupid shit, and we were late to the party. I didn't actually make my set because of the legal sh shit. Luckily, I was mostly okay, but I had to help them with all this yeah. stuff. It it's all water under the bridge now, which is awesome. Totally. And, yeah, and we're all good. All, yeah. Everything's cool. Um, okay. But it was definitely one of the most trying, difficult sets and gigs that yeah. I've ever been <laughs> yeah. so, so I would definitely put that, I guess, as as the worst in, in that respect. Mm -hmm. Right on. <laughs> so, okay, so best and worst uh, festival you've attended, whether you played it or not. Either oh, way. man. Um, best one I've attended just as a, as a concert goer, um, or a festival goer was probably lightning in a bottle 2011. I didn't know you went there. Yeah. That's awesome. That was before it kind of got big. And, yeah. Um, we had just, uh, kind of been, um, the woogie stage and all the shit that they were doing was just fantastic. And we were like, Oh fuck, we gotta go check this out. Um, plus they had three stages of just awesome shit and really just kind of wanted to see what a what a festival like that was like mm -hmm. um, so we decided to go out there and it was just so comfortable really cool people at the time and just probably went, a lot along, along lines like symbiosis i bet yeah it, it really kind of felt like a, a mini symbiosis and that was before i knew about symbiosis or whatever so um definitely after lightning i started getting into seeing what the hell was going on in california and that's when i learned about you know symbiosis or whatever yeah so but yeah no lightning in a bottle was who played really that cool. was awesome um, let's see, there was, uh, a really good, I mean, I was at the woogie stage most of the time, but there was also like pretty lights was there, uh, Polish ambassador, woogie stage, um, pretty sure Leap Bridge was there. Um, 
Claude Montstroke was there. That was one of the best sets yeah. I've ever seen. He's fucking good. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah, Brad was... No, Brad wasn't there. Trevor did a, a little renegade party there. That was pretty fucking cool. Um, man, that was, yeah, just one of the better parties that I've experienced as a How whole. many people were at it that year? Do you remember? Oh, I don't. Um, Thousands, though. Oh, totally. Yeah. It, was, it was pushing probably seven to 10,000. Gotcha. <clears throat> right on. And uh, what worst? Um, Most disappointing? Disappointing. I wouldn't even. Well, yeah, yeah. It'd be time checking. Right. <laughs> the Iowa. Yeah, that'll always kind of be in that weird spot. Um, I don't know, but as like, a, I guess a concert in general, there's actually been, there's one time that just really stood out in my mind. I was at uh, Incubus at Red Rocks and the sound was just horrible. And it just, mm. whatever they were doing there, just, I love Incubus, but whatever that was, whatever was going on there, the whole combination of shit just made it really crappy. Well, I hope that's not the case because I'm going to them in October. Yeah. It's like the only, back, it's like so. the only fucking show that's like on Red Rocks that I'm like, yes. I want to check this so out. so sad, man. I know. And that's like, why I got to go like for Redemption. Theory, Theory Corporation's not even do, doing Red Rocks anymore. Perhaps. Wow. They're at Fillmore instead. It's really? Like, what? Man. Like, that was like a go-to like. Fail safe every year. Totally. And that could be because of all the restrictions happening at Red Rocks. But yeah, usually you go to Red Rocks and you expect to see something freaking amazing. Yeah. And actually in 2010, I went to, um, it was actually Bisco Inferno um, at Red Rocks. Um, but for that uh, for that show, they had Buka Shade. Oh, damn. Buka Shade Live. Yeah. And, oh, at Red Rocks? Just, Holy yeah. shit. That, I, that's really why I went to it. I mean, Bisco. And then right. Bisco goes on yeah. after that. Like, I, know, what I was the like, fuck? I, 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 I was cool. I liked the music, but after Buka, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm good. Me? Like, shit blew my mind. Yeah, you're kidding me. So good. So good. Right on. <laughs> well, so that's, I guess that, that's kind of your musical experiences there. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, definitely got a <laughs> smattering of different things going on there. Excellent. Well, cool, man. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll kind of wrap things up before we get your mix on here. Righteous. Uh, so where can people find you online if they want to hear your music or get in touch with you? Um, well, I actually just recently started a, an artist page on Facebook, so facebook.com. Oh, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, your artist name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you can find me. I'm DJ Greasy Monk. Um, you can find me at facebook.com slash greasy monk, um, or the greasy monk. I forget which one is which my personal profile is also the same, I think. But anyway, I've also got a SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the greasy monk. I'm also on Mixcloud if you want to find me there. And that's just mixcloud.com slash greasy monk. Um, but yeah, just greasy monk and you should be able to find me, um, wherever music is out there. I don't have a lot out there, but I try to keep some stuff updated and mm. whatnot. So. Cool, and I'll post all this uh, info in the uh, the description of the this SoundCloud page, cool, or cool. SoundCloud post or whatever. Yeah, my Facebook is uh, the Greasy Monk um, for my artist page. So gotcha, check it out. Cool, and then uh, I mean we've touched, we talked a little about them, but uh, and what uh, gigs, performances, shows you want to plug or stuff you're absolutely looking forward to? Um. Well, I don't know when this will air, but um, uh, coming up on March 5th, I have um, a little down-tempo set that I'm playing at the Brew on Broadway down here that we do um, Overmind Works hosts uh, Sunday afternoons from 1 to 5 called Headspace, and they've asked me to play. I'm going to probably play some like dub techno, down-tempo-y stuff, so I'll be playing that. Cool. Um, of course, plug-in Psychedelic Szechuan's uh, coming up. Those are going to be excellent. Um, I'm actually booked to play Sacred Earth this year. Woo! 
Yep, yep. That's going to be awesome. And that's happening uh, June 17th. Um, yeah. Yep, uh, June, sorry, 9th through the 11th. One of the um, best Psytrance parties in America. Yeah, that's going to be good. And I'm booked Seriously. to play a Psy set for that one this time. I uh, played techno for them two years ago. And then, let's see here. Um, of course, we have the Eclipse Gathering, which is going to be off the chain. Always mm. look forward to Together With You. That's a fun yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and then in September, I'm actually heading out to California. Um, there's a Pulse Family Gathering, the Pulse Family out there. They're doing a little, um, they're doing a festival, and I've been asked to play the after party. So I'll be heading out there. Um, other than that, there's obviously little things that'll come up. I know Tara likes to do Seventh Dimension Psytrance and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be more. Heck yeah. Uh, and I'll go ahead and plug some dates that I got coming up, coming up too, so you guys can keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Paul Qu- Quincy, uh, who throws parties mm-hmm. here in Denver, he started a new uh, string of events called Prime Evil. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be playing at the one on March 10th. It's at some... Uh, art gallery and goes until five or six in the morning nice. uh who's playing at the show paul paul quincy's playing anubis which is nick louis mm-hmm. and uh i'm pretty sure fiat's playing yeah maybe? fiat lux i think it's us four i think yeah i'm pretty sure it was you four um let me pull that up there that the main banner shoot how did i miss it yep anubis paul quincy fiat lux yep yep us four you I play, uh, I know I play 11, or no, 1, 12.30 to 2. Nice. I know that's when I play, so. Awesome. Uh, Besides that, the following day I have to fly to Iowa to play a Beat Experiments party, which is thrown by uh, Equilibrium, which is Jade, Reed, and Mustafa. Uh, That's on March 11th. And then, yeah, Psychedelic Szechuan three on uh, March 25th, which is uh, Zentura headlining and a bunch of really good... uh, yeah, a lot of uh, psy- t- psychedelic techno play- being played that night, so it'll be, be a lot of fun. And then, uh, of course, uh, April 7th, I've got Mission Beat, which is the electronic showcase that I do every year. This is the eighth year I've done it in nice. a row. Uh, it's going to be at the Yacht Club on Friday, and uh, I'm actually bringing a Layla One from Denver to play. Oh, sick. So that'll be awesome. And then they're they're bringing uh, Jay Lynn, who is this uh, footwork DJ from the Chicago area. Nice. So I have a couple badass chicks playing, as well as uh, my buddy Lazarus from Iowa, and then uh, Antonette, who's originally from Denver, and uh, he lives in Iowa City now, too. Excellent. Uh, as well as myself. And then 420 weekend, I'm going to Seattle with uh, Peter Board and Josh Mankey. And I think uh, Devin Gilmer is supposed to be going too. But we're all going out there for that weekend. And I think cool. we got, might have a couple gigs lined up. Still getting more details on that. Excellent. But uh, yeah, I think that's enough uh, plugging for now. Uh, let's get this mix going here. Uh, what, uh, what can we expect uh, to hear from you tonight on this mix? Um, well, like I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a kind of progressive DJ, so I'm going to take it from some lower progressive um, housey stuff into probably some more heavier techno. Excellent. Well, let's fucking get it on here and get start cooking these tacos, and we'll have a little techno and... Tacno. Tacno and Techos. Tacno and Techos. Techos. Beautiful. I love it. All right. Well, uh, it's awesome to finally get you on here, Ian, and uh, look forward to working with you this summer and and fucking getting down and, uh, yeah.
Definitely. <laughs> cheers, my friend. Oh, yeah, cheers. <laughs> All right, here we go. Greasy Monk on the one to two.
And there you have it, episode 21 in the bag. Thanks again to Ian for coming on and laying down some tasty jams for our listening pleasure. Keep your eyes peeled for a new guest and a new episode coming at you sooner than later. Take care, gang, and we'll see you on the dance floor.